Bert was my very first manager, leader, boss. If everything is important, then nothing is. You know, he pushed, he pulled, he challenged, he gave you, you know, a kick in the butt, he gave you a hug when you needed it. Hi, I'm Scott Peterson, the founder and principal of Carver Peterson Consulting. Hello, welcome to Do Tank Presents, a monthly podcast highlighting game changers, leaders, and innovative minds across the globe. This podcast is brought to your listing device by Dutank, a consultancy using unique digital tools and methodologies to help businesses foster a culture of innovation. On today's episode, we interview Scott Peterson, CEO of Carver Peterson Consulting. Stick around to learn more about nurturing sales and agility. Scott, thanks for being on the show. Let's get started with question number one you take a personalized, process-driven approach to strategic consulting. What's one recurring theme across all your work? Yeah, the one recurring theme is that that all of our clients are unique and they're different. And, and I think that that matters. It needs to be taken into consideration. Their uniqueness is what makes them great. The backstory, the origin, you know, who their clients are, like all that really matters. And, and the clients that, that I get a chance to work with, in many cases, there's an executive leader who built an organization and got it to a certain point and they're having a hard time getting it to that next level. What I've seen a lot of these leaders do is outsource or hire and say, hey, I need you to take us to the next level. And a lot of that uniqueness kind of is lost. And, uh, and now all of a sudden we're, we're pursuing clients that are similar, but different. And we're not establishing ourselves in this origin story of our uniqueness and what got us here. And I understand though, you know, what got us here might not get us to that next level, but it has to be taken into consideration. And so when I get a chance to come in, I want to take all of those things and, and grab the, the greatest parts of them and infuse them, bake them in, memorialize them into the strategy and process and attach them to different frameworks so they're able to continue growing and expanding beyond and past, you know, where they are. And uh, and that's that's really important to me, right? Really celebrating and acknowledging their uniqueness. Question two, in your opinion, are all great entrepreneurs great leaders? What separates a successful leader from the pack? Well, I, I guess it depends on how you would define a great entrepreneur, right? I've seen plenty of entrepreneurs who have, you know, quote unquote, successful businesses by the traditional standards, you know, by way of revenue or profitability or headcount, but I wouldn't necessarily refer to them as great leaders. My definition of a great leader is somebody who has a vision of success and inspires others to join in the pursuit of that vision and can help others along that journey. You know, when I think of, of great leaders, you know, the best leader that I ever had a chance to work for and with is, is Bert Baptiste. You know, he was always clear in what he was building and, and what he was pursuing. He was absolutely amazing at, at rallying uh, the masses, right? Like getting people really on board and connected uh, with that vision and, and, and even bringing their individual goals and aspirations inside of it. And he helped people get there. And, and, you know, one of the things that made him so great as a leader was that, you know, he pushed, he pulled, he challenged, he gave you, you know, a kick in the butt, he gave you a hug when you needed it. He loved his people. And, and um, 
and made them better. And I'm just really thankful that I was one of them. Most plain and simple, great leader is someone that, you know, makes their, their people around them better and, and help them realize their own individual dreams inside of that bigger mission. Can you tell us a bit more about Bert Baptiste and the legacy he created? Yeah, Bert was my very first manager, leader, boss, you know, when I started my professional career. And, you know, he was he was wise beyond his years and, you know, ended up, you know, rapidly growing through, you know, a really big and dynamic organization. And he just built this tremendous following of people and and developed leaders that went out and had successful careers in their own right. And um and even even the the people that that came up underneath them as as they moved out from underneath them, he still stayed connected to them and cared about them, even if they weren't directly impacting his bottom line for whatever his scope or role or responsibility was. And that just made him so different and so special. And um you know, it's, it's unfortunate Bert ended up passing away way too early in life, you know, while uh, a husband and father and, you know, he, he built this beautiful family and, um, and there's just so many people that, that still to this day, you know, just absolutely love him. And, um, and I'm thankful that, that I'm one of those people. Yeah, his ability to connect with people and understand what it took to get them to um, to perform, to succeed and, and recognizing that everyone was unique and different and being able to meet people where they were and give them what they needed, um, was something that he was just uniquely talented and, and, um, yeah, he was able to assemble teams in ways that I hadn't seen before or after. And, um, and he was just, yeah, he was special. He was really special. Question number three. What's the biggest challenge about tracking the success of strategic interventions? The first place that I go to is, you know, I see a lot of organizations that are pursuing and measuring a lot of things. There's numerous goals and ob objectives that they're trying to, to accomplish. And, you know, when you get an opportunity to interact with people on the ground level, they start saying, you know, the if everything is important, then nothing is you know, and, and you can, you can hear that and you can feel that from people. It's a bit overwhelming. And, uh, and one of, one of our guiding principles is focus on what's most important, you know, and that kind of follows that same less is more mantra or, or mentality. And, and it's interesting when I get an opportunity to start working with, with a new client, one of the very first collaborative sessions that we do is defining, you know, what is the wildly important goal or wig for their sales scoreboard, right? My focus, my aim is is around, you know, building high-performing sales teams. And I want to understand, like, what is that main thing? And then establishing that and keeping that as our North Star from that point forward. And and it's important, right? It's important to be able to, to identify that thing in the midst of all the, this other noise and, and chaos. And, and in my work, you know, we have, you know, 11 other collaborative sessions. So having that North Star to point to is just, you know, so important to our work. But then inside of each of those collaborative sessions, having a very specific purpose and goal inside of each one, and just keeping that level of focus and intentionality is key and critical because, you know, because there can be so many other things at play. 
And, and that has been helpful for me, you know, being able to track the success of our engagements because we've been able to zero in on, on the North Star. Question number four. You mentioned on your website that selling is everyone's job. Can you elaborate on this? Yeah. So one of my favorite authors is Daniel Pink. Um, Daniel Pink has some awesome books, uh, A Holy Mind and Drive. Uh, but one of his books is called To Sell as Human. And I, I think he just says it really well. You know, selling isn't limited to salespeople. Uh, everyone is involved in sales in some way or another. And persuading and influencing others is part of all of our lives. And you could relate this to, to teachers and educators. You could relate this to dietitians or medical personnel. You know, you could, um, you could equate it to parents, you know, trying to influence and persuade their kids. And so in my work, you know, we're, we're working with executive leaders and leadership teams and trying to build and grow their organizations by, you know, winning and retaining and growing more of the right clients. Um, and, and many times it is around, you know, like winning new clients. That's the primary focus of our work, but it's not just the sales team's role and responsibility, right? I think about all these different people inside of the organization that are touching directly or indirectly the, the their clients and, and prospects, right? I think about, you know, product development that's trying to influence and persuade others to have confidence in the offering and pricing. I think about marketing that's trying to, you know, grab uh, people's attention and and persuade them to, you know, engage in some type of conversation and submit an inbound inquiry. Um, I think about sales, obviously, most directly, like like influencing, persuading prospects to part ways with their money, right, and budget uh, in return for some type of product or service. I think about account management who is trying to influence and persuade their clients to stay with them rather than taking on some type of competitive option. And so it's it's all these different people who may not associate as a seller, right? You know, when you when you ask people about a salesperson, you can come up with, you know, an image of your head that may not be as um as glamorous as I believe the role is. Um and so I think it's just important to be able to, to distill it down to influence and, and persuading and, and really recognizing that everyone plays a role in this type of growth. Question number five, why are human-centered design principles important to personalize strategic projects? And who's your ideal client? Yeah. So let's see here. I started my, my consulting practice nearly 10 years ago and, and, you know, I got introduced to Matt Kelly at Do Tank, you know, way back when. And and I ended up going through, you know, one of the, um, you know, business model canvas workshops with them. And I just found it to be so incredibly impactful, right? To be able to, to look at my business through that lens and, and incrementally break down bit by bit, you know, what I was doing and who I was doing it for and, and how all these pieces interconnected. And I just found the work to be, you know, wildly engaging and, and I'm such a visual learner that I was able to connect with, with that business model canvas. And, uh, and then obviously learning that, that there's much more behind that, right. Um, different frameworks that can be impactful. And so, 
you know, I was able to really take that my own learning combined with, you know, the expertise that I had grown up with in, in sales and, and building and, and, and leading and managing sales teams. And, and I found it to be really, really impactful in my work, right? As I'd mentioned earlier, every client's unique. And, and I was able to, to step into these big conversations around, you know, desire or current state and desired future state and talk about sales strategy and process and structure, like these big, big things, these big complex things and break them down into these, you know, bite-sized conversations using these frameworks. And, and through these frameworks, I was able to customize things and personalize things in a way that they were able to understand it. I was able to understand it. And ultimately, we were seeing it right in front of us. And in many cases, my, my prospects or clients, was they were tripping over the truth, realizing that there were big challenges or big obstacles that they had to solve right now. Things that couldn't be ignored in order for them to change and reach that desired future state. So I am so incredibly thankful for finding Matt Kelly and Dutank and and being able to uh, to leverage and utilize these tools in, in really effective ways. Now, the second part of your question, you know, was around that ideal client profile and who exactly we we work with. And I've found, you know, my expertise aligns really nicely with, with growth-minded entrepreneurs who are leading a B2B technical or professional service, often between, I'll call it 2 million and 50 million in revenue, um, that, that you know, wants to grow and scale in a sustainable way. And uh, I've found that businesses that are complex and, you know, have high dollar offerings, um, the sales process really matters. And the sales person who's leading that sales process like it really matters that we're able to do it in a uniform and consistent way, right? And and those have been clients that have probably benefited most from our work together, like getting a really solid understanding of of who they need to pursue, which which ideal client profile and the stakeholders within it, and and being able to really take and maintain control of their process so they can win more of those right clients. Thank you for listening to this episode of Do Tank Presents. And a special thanks to our guest, Scott Peterson, CEO of Carver Peterson Consulting. This episode was produced by Dutank, edited by Max Werner, and narrated by Emily Blazer. Thanks again for listening. See you next episode.